Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Unity Talks podcast. We're so excited that you're here. And man, I got to tell you, today's episode should be like categorized under the title of career development with a subtitle of how to be well-rounded, because I think you'll see in the next 30 minutes how our guest is incredibly well-rounded and it actually began early in her life and how it's manifested itself in her career and how she's landed at the level she's at in corporate America. And our guest today is Stacy Murray. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, we're super pumped that you're here, and I think there's going to be a lot to learn from this. We'll start off by telling you where Stacy's from because she has to explain the name Blue Cora. She's the chief <laughs> accounting officer at Blue Cora, and every time I think of Blue Cora, for some reason I put myself at the beach, like I feel like I'm looking over the ocean. I have no no idea why I'm like that. What does Blue Cora do? Thank you for asking. So Blue Cora is actually a company that's been around for 20 plus years. It was known as InfoSpace for many, many years and has been a public company, a public holding company. Um, we rebranded ourselves um, years ago when we acquired Tax Act software and um, HDVest, which is now known as Avantax. So most people know what Tax Act software does. It's the do-it-yourself tax platform. And then on the wealth management side or Avantax, it is CPA-focused wealth management. So consider yourself a CPA. I'm doing taxes for somebody. I have all of their financial information. I'm in a perfect situation to now do your wealth planning. And so we partner with CPAs that are interested in earning an extra revenue or income stream and provide them all of the overhead and resources and training to um, become a CPA-minded wealth manager. Is that under the umbrella of fintech from an industry standpoint or? It's interesting. Our company is considered a fintech, but we're kind of financial services slash fintech with the tax act software. Okay. Okay. That helps. I always get worried <laughs> about misnaming a company, miscategorizing a company. Here's what we have with Stacy, and I'm going to run through a couple of quick things here. So she is an executive and she is balancing her professional and her personal life. She's got a spouse and she has two girls who are quite the athletes who her and I always talk about because I'm always interested in what they're doing. And I think we've got a sophomore and an eighth grader, right? You got that right. And soccer and... Very much soccer for the eighth grader and then volleyball for the sophomore. Yes, yes. School volleyball now, right? High school. Actually, club volleyball. Club volleyball. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. So shout out. And so we might get into how do you balance life uh, being an executive of a publicly traded organization with being a mom of two girls and you're dragging them all around town and, you know, the husband takes Saturday and you take Sunday and it's divide and conquer. So we may jump into that in a little bit before we do. So Stacy's from San Antonio. And here's why I say well-rounded, how to be well-rounded. She's from San Antonio, and some might say, man, when I was a kid, because I always ask people, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? 
And if I were to ask Stacy that, you know, it was, well, let's name them off. Soccer, horse riding. <laughs> what else was? I had quite the diverse set of activities when I was younger. Yes, it was soccer. Um, I did horseback riding for a number of years, tennis, dance. Um, yeah, I, I was quite diverse in my, the activities that I chose, which might have driven my parents crazy by the time they bought the equipment for one sport. I was ready to move on, on to the to next, next sport. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mom and dad are like, oh my gosh, she's burning uh, we a We just hole. invested this. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, some people might say that, man, she's all over the place, right? Like she's everywhere. And you could say that, but I'd like to think if you look at her career now, which we're going to get into, it just created, it was a manifestation of her being well-rounded that we see today. And we're going to jump into that. And before we do, though, the one thing, the one activity that you were involved in in high school was working for your dad. Yes. And tell us a little bit about that because it's just kind of ironic with what you do today. <laughs> yes. So when I was in high school, I um, got a job at my dad's office and it was working in the accounts payable department. And I remember, you know, manually, manually, everybody, um, <laughs> you know, writing down and balancing the ledgers um, on the big green and white paper yeah. that would print off. Where every other line was a different color. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, stuffing checks. Um, yes. And I thought to myself, wow, is this accounting? Because if this is accounting, I'm not sure that this is what I, what I want to do for my career. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And here we are. You've made a career are. in accounting. Yes. So we've come full circle. I love that. That's a great story. So I'm going to give you a couple seconds here of a snapshot of Stacy's career because I really want to touch on the well-roundedness because you may hear me go through this and think, oh my gosh, it's all over the place. And it turns out that it's really just being well-rounded and it's what landed her where she's at. And, and we want to ask her questions about this. So if you think of from an industry standpoint, it's public accounting, the restaurant industry, telecom, electronics, midstream oil and gas, fintech wealth management now. And then if you think about the jobs that she's had, it's she was a public accountant at KPMG for five years, external reporting, SOX, accounting, acquisition and private company due diligence, um, taking a company public and general accounting. And it's like, you know, a lot of times people get in their career and it's, you know, they were public accounting, they were external reporting, and then they just maintain external reporting and they become the VP of external reporting. And they never see the journal entry side of the business. And you've just had so much exposure to all of those areas. So I'd love for you to just share for a few minutes, like, what value that has given you in your career as, as you've grown in an organization? Absolutely. So I think it's interesting when you first start your career and, you know, in public accounting and you're 20-something years old, you know, walking into an office of a controller that's been in their role for 20-something years and you, and you think, you know, what caused that decrease of cash or increase in, in you don't know anything at that point, you know, and yeah. you're, the questions that you're asking that you think back on today, you go, oh, gosh, I really didn't know a lot. Um, but as you go through your career and you're just exposed to different experiences, I think that's what, you know, provides you with um, additional professional skills. Um, and I've just been a part of 
a lot of transformative companies, companies that um, Nortel um, unfortunately went through a bankruptcy. Um, I thought that I was going to be at Nortel for many, many years, um, but they went through the bankruptcy, which then, you know, made me go out and find a new opportunity with a private equity held company that, um, you know, wanted to go public. So I had that experience of doing an S1. Um, transition to oil and gas or midstream um, private company wants to do an S1 or go public. And um, so I think you're just, I was exposed to so many different experiences, um, M&A, diligence, and just had to jump in mm -hmm. and um, learn as I went. Mm -hmm. um, but then as you then get exposed to that experience a second time, you're like, oh, okay, well, I know what to do now. And you follow a certain set of steps in a way, but each each situation is a little bit unique and different, of course. Um, but I think as you just go through time and then you you gain that skill set and people say, oh, well, she's had that experience doing X, Y, Z. Here's this other company who's looking for a position or you know a, a leader to come in and lead a team through these situations. And um, that just happens to be me that yeah. <laughs> has been exposed to a lot of different things. So. Um, I was lucky that I was able to be a part of these companies, and I might not have felt that way back then. Right, right. By when you're way, in the thick of it. When I'm in the thick of it, I probably didn't feel that I was lucky at the time. I was probably thinking, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? But, you know, with the ability of hindsight and looking back, all of those experiences, you know, have been able, they've been a feather in my cap, right? Mm -hmm. That's That's allowed me to then walk more confidently into the next situation and into the next situation. Yeah. Um, so it feels a bit messy at the time, but then what you don't realize is you're really building a great set of skill sets to go into your next opportunity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It feels a bit messy. And I have, you know, people can look <laughs> at it and they're like all over the, man, she's all over the place. Does she know what she wants to do? But when you look at, when you take a step back and just look at the big picture, there's not a lot that you really haven't seen, right? from both a private company and reporting side to a public company. So I, there's a time and place for everything. And, and a lot of times we talk to managers who um, are like, well, we're telecom. So we only want to look at people with a telecom background. And you've kind of been able to buck that trend with your own career. And so as a, as a leader now, when you look at people that have a diverse background, um, is that, is that something that you, you look for, or are you a lot of times only looking for one particular industry skill set, or, well, we really only need to have someone with a particular enterprise resource planning tool? Great question. And um, depending upon the situation, it can be answered in a lot of different ways. So, um, for example, when I was with um, FOGO, and was looking for a specific, you know, whether it be a controller or a senior accountant. Um, sometimes restaurant accounting was really important just because of the volume of transactions or the activities that were experienced. Um, in my current role, we use uh, Workday mm -hmm. as our GL system. So having somebody in certain roles with really good, you know, solid Workday experience is really important. Um, but for somebody like, uh, example, my SEC director 
industry isn't really that important because I just need the core skill set of really solid understanding of technical accounting and SEC reporting. So it probably depends on what position and what yeah. industry I've been in, um, but it's not always, oh, they've got to be, you know, this industry. Um, it can be diverse. Yeah. How do you feel that having the wide range of experience that you've had um, has set you up to be successful, right? Because I, I got to imagine when you're in general accounting and you, the limited exposure that you may have in an organization because you're only dealing with these certain groups of people as opposed to socks, you might be dealing with more operational functions. And then in SEC reporting, you're dealing with other people. So I've got to imagine if you, you stayed in one area, you might be a little limited in your view of the organization. And can I agree. You, can you share a little bit about the impact it's had on having a wide view in your career? Absolutely. Um, so one, I think sometimes being at a very large organization, for example, Nortel, um, <laughs> I owned two lines, in one of my roles, I owned two lines of the balance sheet. That's crazy to think about today. Yeah. I own two lines of a global balance sheet. Like it, but it doesn't sound like a lot, but it was because of the size of the organization. Um, at Azure, the midstream natural gas company, I was the controller, so I had to own everything. And we were implementing a new GL system. Um, so I really had to roll up my sleeves and understand the ins and the outs of every single account because I would be reviewing reconciliations or other things um, or help problem solve with the team. So I really needed to get a, a thorough understanding of every account and how everything flowed. And so I think having that role and understanding all of that then you know, set me up to be have a more broad view and global view. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I think that's you have to take advantage of the role that you're in, yes. right? And and you kind of have to put yourself out there a little bit, right? I think a lot of times have we have a feeling a, of being uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you got like like we're doing today, you know, sometimes <laughs> being on camera and doing a podcast, it's like, oh, that may not be the most comfortable thing. Um, you've got to do that in order to develop in your career. And I, I think that's, I, I want to stop here for a minute and talk about this because... I think that's critically important now more than ever. 20 months ago, we went, you know, full on pandemic. Everybody goes through lockdown. We stay in the houses. And I think a lot of uh, companies and employees lost a little bit of community. Yes. And you've got people who never got to walk a stage now entering the workforce and they want to make an impact in their career. How, how, do, how do people put themselves out there um, and make themselves uncomfortable when they may still be at home working? They may have never stepped into their office place. What do people do when you are starting your career right now? Wow, that is a loaded question. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it probably depends, one, on the person, and especially, it, it, let's let's talk pre-COVID for a second. So pre-COVID, we were in the office. We were meeting people, um, developing relationships. Um, but sometimes, you know, in the accounting field, we we tend to 
maybe not get out as much and not meet as many people. We're behind our desk on our computer working yeah. on working on our work. Um, but I think it's really important to have an operational understanding of your business and you know try to like why did this variance happen and go talk to the operation people and form a relationship with those operation people or finance because finance is in the you know is forecasting and so maybe they've got a lot of drivers for why something happened um so pre-covid i would recommend that people you know really get out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and you know get up instead of sending that email or sending that IM, like get up and go talk to that person and figure out, hey, why did that happen? And just form that relationship. Love it, yeah. Now in COVID and you know, you've got half, per, perhaps everybody's at home, perhaps you've got half people at the office, half people at home, you know, people are everywhere. Maybe it's setting up a Zoom or a, you know, whatever video technology, you know that your company is running and putting 15 minutes instead of that walk down the hall go talk to that person face to face maybe it's let me put 15 minutes on that person's calendar that's from just like an internal within your company and making yourself known and um, by operational or financial finance people seeing that you're going that extra mile they're going huh Look at that person. They're really wanting to understand our business. You know, oh, I'm going to call on that person next time I have such and such project. It just gets you out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, it's really hard to do because you have to be much more intentional now yes. than what you were previously. And I, I feel um, part of me wants to say I feel sorry for people who have graduated in this environment. And um, but the other part of me is like, hey, let's we need to attack it. Let's be intentional. Let's attack it. So when you talk to your leaders that report to you that have teams underneath them, how do you advise them to to build that relationship and connection with their team, right? Because you're one person and you can't do it for everybody in the organization that you hire. That's why we have leaders. That's why you have kind of that succession and that hierarchy. So how do you talk about it with your leaders? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, today, I mean, previously, pre-COVID, we were all sitting together. So we would just have a weekly, you know, kind of stand-up meeting. Or my leaders would then have, you know, sub-meetings with their teams, mm-hmm. whether it's the beginning of close or, you know, whatever the, the topic was. Um, now, it's very intentional and scheduled, you know, once a week all team meeting is what i host um just sharing information about you know things that are going on within the company or maybe it's upcoming deadlines just to make everybody you know aware and feel a part of like what we're delivering um and then my team has kind of daily or weekly stand-ups with their direct reports um but i do feel like something is a little bit lost in being remote and virtual Mm-hmm. Um, versus just that yelling over a cube or yeah. um, just standing up and, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee or let's stay after in this meeting. So hopefully one day we can be back to yeah. that state. But you're right. You have to be very intentional today. Yeah. I feel Sometimes I feel like you almost want to, uh, I don't even know if this is the right thing to do, but sometimes I feel like you want to reward people who put themselves out there a little bit, you know, like, 
I'm not just going to interface with accounting or finance, but I'm going to interface with someone in operations who just doesn't know me. And mm -hmm. instead of IMing them, I'm going to, I may be remote, they may be remote, but I'm going to pick up the phone, call them and introduce and just have an open conversation. And, and if you hear about that as a leader, it's almost like you really want to reward that because how do you, you want to propel it to continue to get legs on its own and continue to run. And I don't know how you would, I don't know how you would reward it, but it seems like a smart thing to do, you know? It does. And within Blue Cora, we do have a, a recognized program where we have, you know, it's linked to each of our core values. If someone that you know is doing something great or they've gone out of their way from a customer service or maybe they, you know, helped you work through a problem, um, you can go online and, and reward them. And people accumulate points, and then they're able to buy oh. gift cards and other things like that. So we try to, you know, really be intentional, back to the word intentional, but we really try to be intentional about, oh, I need to pause, and I need to go write up a quick recognize for that team member that yeah. went above and beyond. Yeah, I think that's great. I've, those programs are, I've heard of a couple of companies that have those programs, and I think those are fantastic to implement. You know, it's, it's like... Um, you know, it's it's technology based, right? So they can yes. and it's all taken care of by some type of software. And that's the thing, right? Like when you think about the software and the technology, it's kind of what's got us to the point that we're at right now. You know, because now you can IM and social media, and people have their face in their phones and things like that. And, and that's taking away from the connection. So let's turn the technology and the software into our advantage now and let's utilize it to recreate that connection, right? Yes. I love that. I think that's great. That's a great program. I want to go back to something that, that you started in your career because you started this off and it was funny the way you started off. It's like, you know, I'm in public accounting and I'm asking like, what's your cash balance and what <laughs> happened with that? And it's really interesting. If you were to look at Stacy's career and, and kudos to you for really recognizing this. Um, you're a manager at KPMG, five years, right? You're ready to come out. You're ready to go into industry. And while you were a manager at KPMG, the first job you took was a senior reporting financial analyst in an external reporting team. And a lot of times people would look at that and go, why would she do that? She's a manager and she's taken a senior's job. And, you know, that pride gets in the way. It's like, oh, I would never do something like that. But yet Stacy's the chief accounting officer, hasn't held her back in her career at all. She is where she is right now because of the work ethic. So what what goes through your mind? Like what what questions are you asking yourself when you are leaving public accounting to go into industry? trying to remember what was going through my mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just knew that public accounting wasn't going to be for me, you know, for the long term. And, you know, Brinker was a client of mine, so I was already familiar with them. SEC reporting was interesting to me. And, you know, for somebody four or five years in public accounting, you can't just walk into a controller role. You would like to, but you, you mm -hmm. haven't been there and done that yet. And it's very eye-opening to leave public accounting when you've been asking questions to a client about why did, why did you do this or why was this variance? And then you're the one on the other side doing, mm. and it is very different. Um, and it's humbling because uh, you're like, oh, no, I'm the one who's answering the questions of the auditors. But 
you know, typically I think for somebody five to six years in public accounting, you're usually leaving for an SEC reporting position, not not particularly a director maybe, um, depending upon how active that company is, but internal audit, you know, senior accounting or manager of accounting um, or SEC reporting are typicals mm-hmm. that people leave for. Mm-hmm. And yet you decided, hey, you know, I, I don't know if I could manage a team yet I've you know it's let me start as a senior let let me not let pride get in the way because this is going to benefit my career right yes and it was really about the position too it was about the company for one because Brinker is a great company Um, but then it was also just about the exposure of SEC reporting and you know it at that time, it wasn't as much about, you know, oh, man, I'm not managing a team because I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was more about exposure to the experiences. Love that. Yep. Love that. Let's, let's replay that over <laughs> and over, exposure to the experience. That's, that's a golden nugget to take away. So um, uh, we're going to put a bow on this little section because I do want to jump to, you know, balancing being a mom of two young ladies um, and the time demand that that has on you. Before we get there, so uh, you said you kind of have to humble yourself a little bit earlier when you're in public accounting and you're going to industry. And um, You have a funny story about a client that you had in public accounting where there might be a little like, oh, I'm KPMG. And then with that client, you have to humble yourself. So <laughs> I, you have to share it because I knew that I've I... remembered this forever. When I first met David... Um, I told him this story and apparently it has definitely stuck. I think that was about 10 years ago or (laughs) more that I told you that story. So I had a client that was a rendering client and I thought, what in the world is rendering? They took the excess grease from restaurants that, you know, needs to be disposed of properly as well as worked, they had contracts with butchers So the parts of the cow, the pig, the other things that are not used, um, they would collect those items. And I got to do a site visit in New Jersey and (laughs) got to visit the the grease rendering plant as well as the... um, the, let's call it byproduct yeah, yeah, yeah. rendering yeah. plant. And so I'm telling David a story of me standing over this pit of literal like cow heads, cow parts, pig. And I told him, I was like, that wasn't even the bad part. Like that was like kind of funny. Like, oh, look, I'm standing over this pit. The the harder harder part to stomach was the grease rendering. Yeah, yeah. really. I had a, a slick on my shoes for, uh-uh. for weeks, but no. Anyway, no. yeah, and you got to burn the clothes afterwards because <laughs> that's what I was like... told. Bring extra clothes that you're not going to put back in your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> that just kills me. Stay. I mean, you just you got to know Stacy. Like, go look at her LinkedIn profile. Get to know Stacy. Listen to this podcast and visualize that. And it's it's quite visualize me standing over a pit, a pit of cow parts. Of cow parts. Yeah, it just kills me every time. All right, so here's the bow we're going to put on this section. So ideas what is an you've already shared a few but let's capture like one two ideas for leaders in terms of connecting with their people in the environment we're in today because it's it's what we're dealing with and one or two ideas for people who are climbing in their career 
maybe they've just started out and and they want to they want to move up the corporate ladder however big the company is how do they get themselves out there how do they connect with others okay so to answer your question on connecting with the team it's actually it's a little bit challenging today because again you've got some people who are comfortable getting out and some people who aren't um, and we're constantly looking for new ways to connect with each other today mm -hmm. because again I, I do think that us not being physically together we've lost a little bit of unity um, so I've got some of my my younger ones looking at um, ways that we can connect and that people will feel comfortable because I think everybody's kind of sick of the zoom happy hour um, but <laughs> if there's ways that we could meet, I mean, we just built a brand new office and it's, it's beautiful and um, it's over in Cypress Waters. So there's lots of restaurants and other things um, that are walking distance that you could go visit after work. So I'm trying to encourage people, let's get there. Let's, let's go grab lunch, dinner, a drink, something um, just to be together. Even if it's for those that feel comfortable and then for those that aren't yet comfortable, um, perhaps it's, you know, me connecting with them one-on-one -on -one or, something of that nature mm -hmm. so it's we're still figuring that yeah. out and I from a lot of other people that I talk to I think that that's a challenge ex being experienced in a lot of other organizations um, as, to give advice to somebody who's climbing the ladder I mean I can't say this enough it is all about connections and networking and sometimes you may not want to go to this lunch because you're just not in the mood that day or you know you've been invited to an event and maybe you're just not in the mood again back to the getting out of your comfort zone get out of your comfort zone and go um, even if it's for a little while it's making those connections and networking that are key 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 to your development in a lot of different ways it's development and hearing different perspectives from other t people that you'll meet at this event or this lunch or this dinner um, it's making those connections and who yeah. knows maybe they they will end up being a vendor of yours maybe they'll have um, a resource for you when you need an when you have an open position um, maybe they're just going to provide you career advice and they know of an opportunity and they're going to help you one day you just never know yeah. um, so I think that's so important and for you know team members within Blue Cora that are looking to climb the ladder I think it's just expressing their desire because I, I do think that you can't just sit back and go I want to develop and I want to grow but not tell anybody you need to be very vocal about mm. I want this further development I want exposure um, I want to be involved in that project and making it known people will generally make it happen yeah yeah, that's more gold. Leaders have to be intentional, right? But yes. then you have to use your voice and be intentional about using your voice and saying, hey, this is this is what I want to develop into or I want another challenge and go ask for the work. That's a continuous theme we've had by talking to many leaders is ask for the opportunity. Just continue to ask. And, and you may not get every single one. Right. You know, people don't bat a thousand, but you may get a couple of different opportunities. Make those connections and who knows, you know, maybe that person comes back three, four, five years into your career and there's another opportunity for you to develop, right? Yes. I love that. That's really, really good. All right. So here's the switch. Um, I I'm partial to, you know, I've wife, two girls, myself, 
and uh, though neither of my girls would probably be in the business world, I've said it before, <laughs> they think it's goofy that I end up wearing clothes like this when you really get to know me. Um, but I do think it's really important females in the workplace and females working their way to have a seat at the table. And I think that's super important. And, and then being that mom, right? Because there's a lot of pressure where you're trying to balance the professionalism um, whether you are a C-suite person or you're just, you know, a staff or a senior accountant, you still have to balance being good at your job and managing your home life and giving your kids. That's why we work, right? We want to give our kids, you know, the benefits maybe a lot of times that you may not have had when you grew up. How, how do you work that balance? Phew. You're giving me a lot of loaded questions today. No. Um, I've always had the mantra of like, I want my cake and I want to eat it too. And what I mean by that is I want the career. I want the leadership positions, but I also want to be the mom and, and perhaps be the room mom and, you know, be bring cookies on the day of a party or something like that. And crazy enough, I've just made it work. Because I think in our fields, for the most part, I mean, we're professionals. If we're getting our work done, if we disappear for two hours to go to a party, it's okay. Like, the world isn't going to fall apart. The company isn't going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. um, sure, are there situations where it might not work? Of course, there are situations that might not work. Um, but I have always tried to balance both mm -hmm. and achieve both because I've just been intentional about it. Yeah. Um, well, it's a lot of communication, right? I mean, you don't just all of a sudden one day, surprise, I got to go for like three hours to this. It's <laughs> like, hey, my kids have this. It's next week. It's in two weeks. I'd love to go to it. Yep. Do we have anything on the schedule that's going to prevent me? Right. And it's using that communication. Yes. And just expressing confidence to, you know, your leader, your manager, your team, like, don't worry. Like I'm going, if there's anything that I have a part of on during those hours, it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. So have no fear, mm -hmm. but I am going to disappear for a little bit. What, what, ha so how has working at home changed that a little bit for you? Like, how do you draw the line where you're like, Hey, right now I'm not mom. I'm Stacy Murray employee at Blue Court. Like, what do you do there? Because that, that was new for nearly everybody in the world. And we were very lucky that our girls were, you know, self-sufficient. We mm -hmm. weren't, we didn't have toddlers that we were trying to teach how to read. Mm -hmm. um, so we were, I say we were lucky they were self-sufficient. Did have to ask my girls a few times where their assignments were, but while they were watching Netflix. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, it, it, the girls have actually appreciated me being home, and I still am able to be very effective in my work. Um, now, you say, when do you draw the line? Sometimes they're coming in saying, let's go, let, and I'm thinking, well, hold on. I'm still working. Y'all have got to leave me alone for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, yes, they're teenagers, but um, <laughs> yeah. they're still. Yeah. But um, it's taking away the commute. And um, just having that flexibility of the extra time um, has actually been, it has helped us in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's you may you may go chat with them or take a Starbucks break with the girls, but then you're right back at it and finishing up. So. Yeah, I think that's great, right? It's like when you were in the office, it's not like you worked eight to five with a one hour lunch and right. you were at your desk working, you know, eight to 12, took 12 to one as a lunch and then one to five. It's it's not like you were just powering through everything. It's an ebb and flow. <laughs> yeah, you took little breaks. So now you get to take breaks by, you know, running up something to your kid who's at school and left something at home or a Starbucks or something like that. So yep. you you find a way, right? We're all smart. We're professionals. We're smart. Yes. We can figure things out. Exactly. And I think it's important from a company perspective and from a leader perspective, like as long as your people are communicating to you, allow that to happen because that's why they are working is to provide, that's why they're trying to do a good job for you. Yes. To provide for their family. So let them have that time. Right? Agree. Um, I think that's really hard because sometimes people don't have that trust developed yet, or it's just so different to wrap your mind around that, that freedom. And I think sometimes people struggle with that, but you know, right now we're in a, a time in America where they keep calling it the great resignation and you got to do everything you can to retain your best people. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know, and that's really hard to do for us. Um, what is, so for a working mom, what is, we're going to put a bow around this section here. So what is your golden, you've dropped a lot of golden nuggets for us. So what is your one or two golden nuggets for a working mom who's struggling with balancing their time? to give yourself grace um, because there's going to be days that you feel like you've given 10% to your family, 10% to work. And I don't know where the other 80 goes, but <laughs> it doesn't feel like it went anywhere productive. And you've just got to say, all right, well, that was today. I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel like I gave everybody my hundred percent how can I refocus tomorrow? And you've got to go to sleep and wake up and the sun will shine and it's a new day and look at it as a new day. But you, you can't beat yourself up because we all do, <laughs> but, yeah. but you can't let it get to you because you're not going to be able to give everything a hundred percent as long, you know, just keep that in mind and give yourself yeah. grace. That might possibly be the best answer to that <laughs> question I have ever heard is give yourself grace. That is a fantastic. So, so as we wrap up here, to me, the two words that we think of, give yourself grace, that word. And the other one is being intentional about where you're going with your career and connecting with other people. And those two, I, I feel like, are the key words that I'm taking away with me. Thank you so much Thank today. You. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. You've had so much, so many good things. Stacy's been fantastic. She said so many good things that she can share with us. And I truly hope that people who are listening to this, I say this every single time, people are like, oh, that's a broken record. But it really is what I hope that people listen to this and they gain so much value because I walk away with so much value out of these conversations. And that's why we do them here on Unity Talks. So give yourself grace and be intentional about what you do on a daily basis. And with that, we'll see you next time. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. 
Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.